I believe that people have choices. You have a choice to wake up in the morning and blame our depression and anxiety on our life, or you can choose to go, yeah, man, this sucks, but what can I do to still be proactive and live a good life? Hello, and thank you for joining our podcast, Hope to Recharge, a show that is designed to bring hope, inspiration, motivation, and some practical tips to those that are battling depression and anxiety, and to those that are supporting loved ones that are going through the journey in this difficult time of depression and anxiety. I'm here to tell you, you are not alone, and we will live beyond depression and anxiety. We will share our stories one story at a time. In a world of mental health, together is better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, and welcome to Hope to Recharge. Thank you for joining me here today. For some reason, I have this love with Australians and Australians are reaching out to me and I get so excited because I love the Australian accent. And another thing that I'm in awe of Australians, how much they're go-getters, because the person that I'm about to introduce to you, she offered to wake up at five o'clock in the morning or to stay up till midnight to speak to me, which is like mind boggling to me. So if she would wake up at five to speak to me, if we would have set a five o'clock, 5 a.m. recording, she would probably have to wake up at 4.30. And she is a mom, an entrepreneur, a go-getter, a speaker, an event planner. She travels a lot. She is a, a very, very, very productive person in in her life, in her business. And I'm in awe. But then I was thinking about it this morning and I realized that the reason she is successful and the reason why so many things are happening at the same time is because she is willing to make time for things that are important to her. And she was willing to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to speak to me to record this episode, even though tomorrow she's going to some kind of an event and then she has like a, a big weekend coming up. And I was really in awe she was she was the one pushing it to happen now versus I said, no, let's wait for a time when it gets better, when we're more free. And she's like, no, well, well it's fine. We'll do it now. I'll wake up at five. So we decided instead of a 5 a.m., we're going to do a midnight recording. First of all, let's thank our amazing guest, Angela Henderson. Did I pronounce your last name properly? Yes, that was fantastic. Yes, okay. super excited to be here. Thank you so much for putting in the late hours for us. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I was talking to Angela just for a few minutes. We actually touched base only two weeks ago. She heard about Hope to Recharge and she said that she really can help the entrepreneur world with mental health awareness and prep and all kinds of things that come out as an entrepreneur in the workplace. And she's a therapist and she, she has training in therapy as well, but she shifted her, her knowledge of therapy into her workplace as in working with entrepreneurs. And she she has this fine balance of, of taking her therapy background into her entrepreneur background, which is very fascinating and creative. And she looks like a very, very creative person. I would love to be in a room where she speaks because her energy is bouncing out of the screen right now. And I really feel her positive and she, she really is a go-getter. So thank you so much for making time for us and for showing up really for our community. I really appreciate it. Gosh, no worries. It's yeah. Mental health is a huge part of my life. And uh, I think it needs to be you know spoken about as often um, and as frequent as we can uh, in order to break some of that stigma, not only here in Australia, but collectively around the world. So yeah, no, it's uh, I'm very, very blessed to be here today. Angela, give me a little bit of a background that the listeners can understand where you come from because you live in Australia, but you told me you grew up in Canada and you spent some time in the States. So give us a little bit of a journey of where you started and where you are at now. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So I, yes, am born and bred in Canada and I love Canada. I'm super passionate about Canada. Uh, and if you haven't picked up, I'm a very proud Canadian. So Canada will always be home. Uh, but then my parents thought it was great to move a 14-year-old teenager away from their friends and family in high school. Uh, my mom was a travel nurse. So she said, listen, we're just going to go to Albuquerque, New Mexico uh, for one year. It will be fun. Well, that one year turned into doing all of my high school in Albuquerque. And then I also ended up in Albuquerque, New Mexico at the University of New Mexico doing my undergrad in psychology and sociology, uh, which was fun because at that stage, 
college, you know, I'd met some friends, I played sport, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It just was what it was. And once I finished up my first degree, I then headed over to Australia uh, to the University of Queensland, where I completed my master's degree in social work. I then went back to North Carolina, where I did my clinical prac and became a licensed clinical social worker working with adult and child mental health on a variety of different things, doing things like uh, mental health assessments and doing diagnostic assessments for depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, autism, ADHD, etc. Um, and then obviously through that, either potentially doing one-on-one therapy, uh, CBT therapy, etc. And then also and or referring to psychiatrists for medication review and or evaluation. So yeah, so mental health, uh, I'm super passionate about here in Australia. I know the numbers would probably be bigger in America because your population is so much greater. We have eight people take their life every single day and our funds for mental health are very few and far between, but yet there's all this other money that seems to get into the government, do you know what I mean? And doing all these other things, for example, like our road tools. So, you know, during school holidays, you know, slow down, drive safe, do this, which I'm not minimizing. I think it's super important, uh, but they'll have say 600 people pass away on the you know roads through traffic incidences per year but yet we collectively have about 2,800 people take their lives every year. But we only get a tenth of the funding that the road people get. Uh, And I just kind of go, I don't understand if we can have early intervention if we can have early prevention, potentially these numbers would reduce collectively. But uh, yeah, that's probably, I could go on forever about that. So yeah. mental health is a huge, huge spot in my life. So yeah, so then I ended up in uh, doing my clinical practice in North Carolina. I married a Tasmanian, which is a state here in, our, a Tasmanian who's from Tassie uh, here in Australia, which is a state. And then we moved back to Australia. And yeah, I worked in the government mental health sector for a very long time, managing a $2.5 million mental health provo- portfolio for our inpatient and outpatient community client. And uh, yeah, and then I started my business journey from there. Wow. Wow. What a mouthful. That is amazing to process just what you, first of all, you don't see her face right now, but she looks 18. <laughs> Listen, so many people said that I was at a speaking event a few no, months you ago. Really look 18. <laughs> so people tell me like all the time, I'm like, I'm 40. And they're like, there's no way you're 40. There's no like, way you're 40. That is just, <laughs> yes. wow. But maybe it's your positive spirit. Like I, I'm, I'm very into energy and I really feel you're upbeat, you're positive, you're, you're motivated. There's a lot in your energy that I understand why it would keep you young, even though it's probably a lot to do with genes and stuff like that. But you're really phenomenal. So may you look young for a very, very long time. <laughs> Take it. I will obviously, I will always take it. You know, may you feel as young as you look. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. You seem so passionate about mental health, like so passionate. Why did you leave the field to go to the more business part of the world? You listen, it was one of those things that I still worked full time five days a week in government with my first business for seven years. And I, and it's funny because I get the opposite question in the entrepreneur world going, why didn't you leave your day job earlier? Whereas you're doing the opposite going, well, why did you leave it? Right. And so for me, as I, you know, I just, I love mental health. I love being able to see individuals be in places that are doing quite scary and dark and gloomy for them. And through the assistance of different mental health clinicians and doctors and their families and maybe medications are natural, do you know what I mean, uh, remedies too, in conjunction with medication. To see them come 360 is quite a miraculous, you know, journey. However, in my own journey of working for the state government here in Queensland, uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm quite uh, an, a strong advocate for those with uh, disabilities collectively. And sometimes you could say maybe uh, upper management didn't like that I was such an advocate for mental health. Mm. Um, again, a situation came up where there was just some unethical behavior that wasn't uh, something I wanted to be part of. Mm. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, I lawyered up with that. And the lawyer said pretty much you do know that if you lawyer up, you're going to have an X on your back as soon as you walk in that door. Wow. And that's pretty much what happened was I wow. then got bullied to the point where I then had to take leave for my own depression and my own anxiety uh, to the point I wouldn't get out of bed. Uh, so I was in a very dark place myself. So not only do I have the educational background of it that I'm super passionate about and being able to help others, but I equally have my own lived experience for almost you know two years collectively of having to go on medications myself, having to go to weekly therapy, mm-hmm. having to 
to do that so I can appreciate and being able to really sympathize with people because I've been in the, you know, not exactly their same story, but I can appreciate, you know, what it's like to not want to get out of bed and appreciate what it's like to be bullied and have, you know, I mean, really those dark days where you're just like, um, an analogy that I use is kind of like, I'm, I am quite a bright and vibrant person. And I look at things like I love color and I just look at the world really as one big rainbow. Like there's so much that you can really do if you choose to. And with my depression and anxiety that was taken, I no longer saw the rainbow. I just saw black and white. And so, yeah, but, and then eventually through time with the medication and time with the therapy, the rainbow and those colors started to come back in my life. And I've been now probably just under 12 months in full remission without any medication, without any therapy and things like that. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for those you know, pharmaceutical medications and the team that was able to help me during that time. So yes. Wow. What was it like to be bullied at somebody that's so strong? Because you sound like a very strong go-getter, passionate person. And then, and and you were warned beforehand, if you speak, you will be doomed, mm -hmm. which is horrible. And you were doing a, a, a mission to help society. It wasn't like you're, you're going and speaking about something that was not important. You were advocating for something so important. What is it like to be shut down and punished in a way? Listen, I would say that I look at, I don't look at things as failures. I choose to look at things and not even mistakes. I choose to look at things as lessons. And whatever that was, it was a lesson that it was necessary that I needed in my life in order to be where I am today. So I always will be grateful for um, now that I can reflect on it for what happened and why it happened, because it's made me a much stronger person and it's made me even a more of an advocate for mental health mm -hmm. and being able for people, do you know what I mean, to stick up for themselves and to, you know, I had no, I needed to be able to lay my pillow on my, or my head on my pillow at the end of each day. And if that meant, do you know what I mean, going through what I did, that was fine, but at least I knew hand on heart that I spoke up accordingly for those patients. I spoke up for the funding that was, be, you know, being taken away from people that it shouldn't have. Um, and I was okay with that. So, yeah. I I mean, during it, though, you don't obviously see it like that. But when I was able to come out the other end, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the learnings that have come from that. That's that's really incredible. And and for you to get up and, and say, you know what, this is not going to defeat me. I'm going to try. I'll get help. I'm going to work with the, the professionals that I was a professional. You were the professional of what you went to seek afterwards because of the of the bullying that went on, which is admirable that you were able to see it and not say, I'll be okay, but really not be okay and just melt in the, into the depression and let it take you over, which is really incredible. Would you do it again if you needed to? Would you fight for the rights that you believed were right again? One hundred percent. Yeah, like hands down. Because though I, you know, I entered a time where I was bad, I still had a voice, just like I do on my podcast. You know, like you know, just like I do when I'm speaking. When I speak, I open up with uh, a few slides about who I am, and then I get to a slide that's completely black. Mm -hmm. And I kind of make a joke about most of you out there that are sitting there will probably think, "Oh my goodness, this is the speaker's worst nightmare. She's mm -hmm. got the desk." what's going on. But I say to people, in order for you to hear me speak today and to understand who I am and what I stand for, you also need to know that, yes, I I'm from Canada and yes, I love Nutella, but I also have had depression and anxiety. And so I'm very clear about making sure that my voice is used to make that bigger impact because if it saves one life, it gets one person help, it gets two people, whatever that is, is that my story can be, you know what I mean, more impactful than what is necessary. And I was at a speaking event here in Australia called We Are Podcast and I was on a um, panel with Pat Flynn. And one of the things he said is, is what our panel is around impact. Mm -hmm. And I just think that again, in a position like this or in any position, I, I had an opportunity to be able to use my voice accordingly. And I will always use my voice accordingly if it means in the best interest of those with a mental health or and or any disability. What an important message right there. If we can capture that for all of our listeners, because that's so important to not be afraid to speak up of some, for something that you're so passionate about and you feel like you make a difference in someone's life. Yes, you'll have people shutting, trying to shut you up and trying to bring you down and shame you and bully you, but don't be afraid to speak up because every voice matters. And that takes me to the next question. Did anybody come and cheer you on as and support you with your speaking up whatever what, on the topic, which I'm not really sure the exact topic, but advocating for the mental health? Did anybody come to your side to help you? 
Listen, I think there's definitely coworkers who are always there to support me. But again, they have to be always very mindful of their own positions and that they still need to pay their, their own bills at the end of the day, right? Like they didn't have a business to fall back on like I did. You know, they were always supportive. They always checked in on me 100%, you know, and I will always be grateful for them checking in on me, taking me out for lunch, trying to get me out into the sunshine and starting to see that rainbow again. Right. But they could only really advocate in ways that were external to the overall organizational structure, because if not, it really compromised their own position. So I respect that. I know where I stand. I know that again, uh, I know for a fact things have changed since when I left, you know, management have changed structures of things, the way they um, work with families, how they work with families, how they monitor funds tighter. So again, I'm, I will be, I will always still be very happy and smile knowing that even though I had to go through those dark times, change came because of that. So, That's yes. incredible. That is a huge badge of honor. I I would say you you really fought, and who knows how many generations down the line you impacted because you decided to speak up, you decided to fight, and you took the bullet. You took the bullet, and you said, "I'm going to go whatever I have to go to and change my career and 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 leave what I was passionate about in order for the greater good for future generations," which is really fascinating and incredible that you were willing to do it. So I'm, I'm thanking you from the mental health world that you took that stand and you spoke out loud and you, you suffered for everybody else. Yeah. But you know, like I said, it's, it's, we all, I think, suffer in different avenues. Um, but again, it's just something that I can't see, you know, collectively what the main thing was is that, you know, in that two and a half million dollar portfolio, NGOs were keeping money of those people who had taken their lives. How is that possible? Do you mean taxpayers are putting money into the government for particular reasons to help people, you know, be able to just, you know, you know, live in their own apartments and cook their own food and be just like any one of us. And that when someone takes their life, you're going to keep a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars that could help someone else, and and people don't think they need to be accountable for that. Well, that's not something. Do you know what I mean? I was willing and prepared to just push under the carpet. Are they still around? There's still some of those people out there, my friend. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's politics. Things are never going to be squeaky clean, and you know, people like me who have a voice and won't just sit down and you know, Angel, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Well, I do worry about it because if that was my son or daughter. Um, and that $100,000 could keep them out of hospital and into the community and not have to be an inpatient somewhere. Uh, that would mean a lot. So uh, yeah, so for me, it is important. Mm. How many years do you live in Australia? Uh, so we moved over here from North Carolina in 2006. So we've been here for 13 14, years. Yeah, 13, yeah, 14, 14 yeah. yeah. Wow. How did you change over into the business that you are in now? Can you give the listeners a little bit of a two-minute background on your incredibly successful business. So yeah, so I started off in an e-commerce platform called Finley and Me uh, because I was sick and tired of my kids or my child at the time, which is Finley, playing with electronic toys that were battery operated, which please know I have those toys. Okay, I'm not against them, but I was just like, there's got to be something else. Growing up in Canada, you know, you were in the snow, you were in the mud, you were outside playing. So I started Finley and Me by looking for wooden educational toys that sparked imagination, uh, encouraged creativity, but ultimately looked upon creating those childhood memories through play, love, and travel. Uh, so I started Finley and Me. We had about 1,400 different products at one stage in the business. Um, and also through that particular business, I came one of Australia's leading parenting bloggers. I was asked to work with Netflix as one of their top 30 bloggers here in Australia and New Zealand. And I worked with a variety of the other national and international brands. And that was a secondary monetary stream of income. And then through that, people just wanted to start picking my brain. And I remember looking at my calendar, my diary one day and was like, hold on, there's about 14 people that have had coffee dates with me. And I had that kind of aha moment. I was like, hold on a minute. If I would have charged each of those 14 people for my expertise, I could have a secondary business. And that's how Angela Henderson Consulting came about. And now collectively, I work, uh, yeah, as we were talking about before we started recording, that I work specifically with women in business to get them from stuck and feeling really overwhelmed and working too much in their business to helping them gain the clarity and strategy they need to uh, grow sustainable and profitable for five, six, seven figure businesses. So yeah, that's what I do now. Wow. So you were meeting with 14 people a day. No, no, no. 14 people over two months. So someone oh, would be oh. like, Hey, can I pick your brain? I just want to pick your brain about what you do about this. Right. 
we go for a coffee and I don't even drink coffee, but I was like, okay. And then I was like, well, hold on. I have to drive 30 minutes to the cafe and then I pay for my diet Coke out of my own pocket. And then I go to drive 30 <laughs> minutes back and then I sit for an hour. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's two hours of my time. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. That's two hours of my time. And then I was like, well, that's 28 hours I spent you know, letting people pick my brain with my expertise. Right. And I was like, oh my goodness, I could totally charge people for this. And so, uh, yeah, I started offering different consulting services. And uh, next thing you know, it went from one client to that and, you know, up to 21 to one clients. And then I was like, well, hold on, I need to create a program. So then I created my group coaching program so I could work one to many. And then I started Australia's leading uh, four day, three night women in business retreat. And then the podcast came and little by little, do you know what I mean? This little empire slowly been building. So yeah. No wonder you sleep only a few hours a night because your calendar sounds so packed and so busy. Which is amazing. How many children do you have? I have two little ones. Uh, well, not really little. At the time of recording, Finley, my eldest, will turn 10 on uh, this Sunday. And he's a little delightful gem. And then I also have Chloe Glenella, who is six and will be seven in January. And she's a little bit of a funk too. So yeah, they're, they're super fun. She takes after her mom. <laughs> <laughs> so no, so they both very much do. Very, very little sleep for either of those two. So yes. Yeah, cool. Is Finley and me still around? Finley and me, we wrapped up. So if you were to look for Finley and me, everything's still there. All of our blogs and everything is still there. But we took the products down just because the, the consulting side grew so fast and so quickly. And, you know, after nine years of doing Finley and me, my passion really wasn't there anymore. You know, it used to be. But as my kids got older, you know, I, and then they start playing with different toys, etc., that it just wasn't, you know, there. Also, if I'm 100% honest, profitability in an e-commerce, you've got a lot more overheads, you've got a lot more stresses. And I guess, you know, when like we talked about running your own business can be hugely rewarding. But for many small business owners, having that responsibility for the company's success or failure can start to take a toll on people. Right. Um, so for me, it was kind of like, mm, okay, well, I can do one-to-one -one consulting. The overheads are minimal, uh, but the gain is high. Uh, my kids are getting older. I'm not really interested. So that's when we started to just wind the Finley and me down. Uh, we still post on our social media platforms. We've got about 70,000 fans that follow us there. So we still keep that going mm -hmm. more from a credibility point of view um, to showcase, do you know what I mean, when I work with my consulting clients, what we've produced. Wow. So Finley and me came nine years ago mm -hmm. or... Yeah, nine years ago. What, what what point did you what of the journey of Finley and me was the depression before that, during, after? So Finley and me was hit about seven years in. So about two years ago. Do you mean two? Yeah, probably six and a half, seven years in. So that my depression, you know, had nothing to do from the point of view from an entrepreneurial point of view. It was definitely directly linked to what was going on with my day job. So. Um, however, I'm super passionate about working with small business owners and making them aware about the difference between stress, burnout, and actually a full-blown mental health diagnosis because mm -hmm. they work in very different stages. But if you start to kind of this being stressed and then you get to burnout, you've got a greater chance of ending up with a full-blown mental health diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So I'm a really big advocate about talking about mental health in my Facebook community, the Australian Business Collaborative. I go in there and do lives about it. I talk about it over over on my Instagram page because I just remind business owners about, you know, what are those early signs? What are some of the things that could lead to it? And what can you do to take care of yourself? Because burnout is so high um, and depression and anxiety are linked to especially new business owners and that startup in those early phases that, yeah, it's important that we get that message out so people are constantly taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Can you give me a little bit of uh, insight on from you working with so many entrepreneurs and small businesses, what are the early signs that somebody says, oh my gosh, am I going through something? Is it only me? Do I need help? What are those early signs that you talk about? So yes, I guess early signs is really important that in order to have a full-blown mental health diagnosis, it has to really be impacting in all three areas of your life. So for adults, that's either your business and your and or your day job, your home, and then your community. If it's very similar to kids, if they kids at school, community, and home. So we know if something is happening, so the anxiety or the depression or that low mood is only happening in one element, we'd really want to go back to say like, if it's school or if it's a job, what's happening in that particular area. But in order to be fully, like have a full-blown depression, you know, episode, uh, yeah, it needs to be happening in all three areas. So, but some of those early warning signs that I think is important for people to start looking at is you're finding it difficult or you may find it difficult to concentrate on particular 
particular tasks where before that was never a problem. Um, and it's just, it's not just like concentrating, oh, I've lost concentration for the day. It's like, it's repetitive. It starts to be days and then weeks and then months. You start to feel super tired and really fatigued. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing. You try to get 10 hours and sleep at night, but your brain's going a million miles an hour. You're not able to rest it, but you constantly are feeling tired and fatigued. Um, you can also, for some people, depending on, you know, the type of person and personality, you also might be quite tearful or emotional. Like, and again, for women who obviously go through their period every month, that's, it's, that's different because it normally would only come a little bit before, maybe during your period. And then it's over with, I'm talking about you're tearful during the day because of an email you got or someone commented on your Facebook post and you're tearful. It's like, it's an ongoing state of emotion. The other component of that though, is you can be super angry or really, really frustrated with tasks or with people in general or a combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not talking about like, again, you get angry because let's just say you didn't meet a deadline that, you know, you might be upset about that. We're talking about like really angry, super frustrated. No one can calm you down. You're kind of carrying like a chip on your shoulder because of it. Uh, you potentially are drinking copious amounts of alcohol. So you may have gone from having a glass of wine every couple of days to feeling like you have to drink every single night in order to be able to air quote, get through and cope. Uh, you may potentially start uh, dabbling in recreational drugs. Also, some people will start smoking cigarettes. And they've never touched a cigarette in their entire life. So it's important to kind of look at how are you how are you choosing to cope? Um, another thing that I see is early warning, warning signs is it's really hard for you to make decisions where normally you used to just be able to make a decision and go think about it logically. Mm-hmm. Whereas again, if you're really starting to get anxious, you start questioning, oh, is this the right decision? Is this not the right decision? Or if you're depressed, like you don't really care about making a decision. And sometimes too, is you start to avoid social situations. So you may have been really good at networking, going on podcasts, doing lives, and you completely just start to withdraw from all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these things could be present for all, everyone. Some of them might, you might only exhibit some of these particular symptoms, but it's about making sure that if these symptoms continue to happen at home, at your job and in the community in our long term as uh, yeah, you probably want to speak with your, you know, your general doctor, uh, depending on what state you're in and to start, you know, chatting to them about what's going on for you. Wow. Wow. And it's probably very common, right? For entrepreneurs that in the beginning, when they have that, um, they're putting in late hours, you're working a lot, very little sleep, a lot of stress, and the fruits are not coming in yet. And then they hit some kind of a brick wall with this mental health. And they probably, and they probably call you and they're like, am I doing it right? What am I doing? I'm, should I stop? Should I? And that's when you say to them, okay, let's reassess. Let's reassess. And, and you know, there have been times like I'm very strict on my contract. I'm not there to be their therapist. It says that in the contract. But there have been multiple times where I've said to someone, listen, you've told me you're not sleeping. This has been going on since our last session. I really think it's time you need to speak with your GP about it. So. And then they'll go, oh, are you saying I've got depression? I'm like, no, I'm not saying you have depression. But what I'm saying is, is you've told me you haven't slept and this isn't normal. And you're taking it on your family. You're canceling appointments or with your clients. You're not connecting with your friends anymore. Your, you know, your motivation. I think you need to speak with someone who's on a neutral ground, who knows nothing about you. Do you know what I mean? And go and get the help. And I think it's also important that when you are busy with your business, so often you may not even notice the signs or the changes in your own behavior, your thoughts or your feelings that may even indicate that you're struggling with your mental health because everything's so busy, right? Right. Um, So again, sometimes the first person to notice that you're not really yourself could be a family member, could be a friend. Sometimes, like I said, it's been me where I'm like, listen, man, some, these things aren't stacking up for you anymore. Have you really thought about this? Or I might suggest, hey, can you can you write a diary about how much sleep you're getting? Let's start tracking things, just like you would track your numbers in your business. Let's track what's actually going on. How many times a day are you getting angry? How many times a day are you getting distracted? How long are you sleeping? You know, or how long are you not sleeping? You know, if you look at someone who exhibits symptoms of say bipolar and they're sitting in a hypomanic or manic state, they could do the opposite of sleeping. They might be up for 22, 23 hours and don't sleep. Right. So it's about tracking that. And that's what I say to those entrepreneurs and women in business that I work with is let's start tracking it so that we've got the data to then be able to go to your doctor and your doctor can then help you on that journey of whether or not we need to get you a psychology appointment or 
look at medications or look at acupuncture. You know, there's a variety of things that work for different people. So yeah. Angela, this is like so unique to find a business coach that actually connects also to the mental health and cares about it so much. I don't think there's the life coach and then there's the business coach. So a life coach can take you through business, but usually business coaches don't go into the very personal life and protect them emotionally. They they look at the numbers, productivity, agenda, long-term goals, short-term goals. The fact that you care about it so much, I feel like it's really for the better of the business as well, because if you're really not doing well mentally, it will be hard to be productive in the business. And it's a very tight relationship. Well, I think it's not just about being productive, but I believe 80 to 90% of those who succeed in business, it comes down to mindset. Mm -hmm. So I can give you all the strategy in the world, but if you don't have a strong mindset, you're not going to take action and you always blame others or you're whatever, and you've got a, and you're a bit wobbly with your mental health. Well, that is going to impact on your mindset. Mm -hmm. So I have to make it, I mean, A, I want to, but I believe a good, um, and I also think it's important for me to also identify, you've got business mentors, business coaches, and business consultants. Mm -hmm. So kind of that mentor might have a cup of coffee with you every now and then, but they're not really holding you accountable. I view a business coach, someone who's going to kind of extract um, information and ideas and guidance out of you by asking you a whole bunch of questions. And then I believe you've got a consultant is someone who's got years of experience in a particular yeah. area and field who's giving you advice. And the way I look at what I do is I look at myself as a consultant 75% of the time, coach 25% of the time. And I blend those two together. And I feel though that again, if I don't look at people's mental health without dying, and I'm not diagnosing them, then I'm not looking at their mindset. I believe the two go hand in hand. So if I start seeing people not actioning their tasks that we had talked about in sessions, if I start seeing them, you know, oh, can I cancel an appointment here because I haven't slept or what are excuses or start coming up? I start going, well, hold on a minute. What's going on, right? Mm -hmm. um, your kid can only be sick so many times. Mm -hmm. um, what's that avoidance factor? So no, I think a good coach and consultant, it is our responsibility to be able to pick up on the mindset wobbles, but mm -hmm. equally the difference between someone being stressed, burnt out, and potentially needing to see their doctor. So I love the mindset conversation because I'm very into mindset. I was not always into mindset, only when I, I think I had it a little bit naturally in me because I was a more of a positive person, but I didn't know the power of it. And when I was going through my depression, I picked up the book, The Secret. It was the first book that changed my life. I read it, I think, six times. And I gave it, I think, to over 20 or 30 people as a gift because it changed my life. And it was all about the mindset. It's all about what starts in your mind. And people underestimate the power of mindset. And they think, oh, it's just the new Thing of this generation. Can you can you give a little bit more of a stronger foundation than I can to elaborate on it? Because it's a very strong topic for me, especially in mental health, that we can always feel like the victim. We can always feel, oh, I have depression, I have bipolar. Yes, we are suffering. We are suffering. But the mindset behind it is what is the best chance we have to get to any health and any healing with whatever journey we take in that path. But if we don't have the mindset, I think it's impossible to heal. I'm no mindset gurus, but people who are that I kind of follow from the United States is a beautiful man by the name of uh, Jim Fortin. And he's kind of like, he's worked with like, you know, Tony Robbins, all those big guys. And he's really about the unconscious, do you know what I mean? Um, healing that needs to go on in order for things to move. And he talks about working instead of working from the inside out, working from the outside in our, I could have this to switch, but he's a beautiful man. And all I just comes down to is I believe that people have choices. You have a choice to wake up in the morning and blame our depression and anxiety on our life, or you can choose to go, yeah, man, this sucks, but what can I do to still be proactive and live a good life? It comes down to choices. Now, I'm not minimizing that. Um, and I also think that there's a lot of our mindset around taking responsibility for your life. Like, you know, it is horrific. Some of the traumatic experiences I've heard that have happened to people in Africa all over the world, right? But there's still people, they like, there, there's people that I've seen that have been like, you know, physically abused multiple times, multiple times. And they're just like, you know what, but I'm not going to let it control my life. They've made a sound decision. They've drawn a line in the sand and gone, I'm going to, you know what I mean? I've got this. And they do. So mm -hmm. there, there's, I mean, it would be a whole nother, you know, so many podcasts talking mm -hmm. about like that victim mentality, right? Like, and you 
really have to kind of work you know, from the inside out um, and work with, again, so much of what we are trained in fear in our brain comes down to that unconscious, you know, process. Uh, and it, that's where you've got to be working from is from that inside out. It's, yeah, it's super important. You look at athletes, some of the top athletes in Australia, America, Canada, all over the world, they've got their fitness coaches, but they equally have their mindset coaches there. Because they believe if you can't have a strong mindset to get you to that gate to do you mean to run that race or to get you on the diving board for the dive or whatever, if you can't work from the inside out, you know, you're going to have a hard time getting on the podium. Do you have a session with your clients like intake and you, you talk about mindset and do you feel like, oh, no, this is not going to work if they're negative and passive about certain recommendations like mm, I don't think this is going to work because the mindset is not there so I do I, I'll ask more questions like what would happen tomorrow if all of a sudden your clients were gone like what just what would happen if they stop like if all of them just stop paying what would you do or and like you can see some of them will start to freak out like oh my god if that happened I wouldn't be able to pay my bills or I wouldn't do this you know, like they're just like, it's instant panic, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them can be panicky, but then they can kind of come out of it and go, ah, you know, I probably panic, but then I would just be like, okay, what do I have to do to change this? And I'm like, okay, now we're somewhere, right? Because if people are like able to still like, I I'm not saying you don't ever sit in sadness, sit in sadness, embrace the sadness, um, sit in bed and cry if you need to. But then let's move like, let's rock and roll. Do you know what I mean? Like allow that to happen. But you can't, you know, don't sit there and let that take over or consume you if you don't need to. So for me, yes, yeah, so I ask a lot of like kind of questions in my interview, like I've got a 30 minute discovery call where I look at their mindset. What else do we talk about? Money is one thing we talk about. Uh, clients is another thing we talk about. Family, you know, what happened like in the last 18 months, I've had four people die. My grandmother died on Christmas Day. Mm. My brother died on Mother's Day. Mm. A father type figure died on January 1 this year and a good business friend died halfway through January. January this year. Oh my so, goodness. you know, there's been an enormous amount of death, um, enormous amount of sadness. I will say things like, what would happen if this happened to you? You know, and I ask that because in my own experience, people are like, how have you still had a podcast? How have you still run Australia's Living Women and Business and Retreat? And how do you do all this when all these people have died? And I'm like, I'm, I embrace the grief when I need to, because it will hit you out of nowhere sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I make a choice to still live my life. Mm. So, and whereas other, you know, I know for a fact, some of my family members that, that they're not there yet. And that's okay because everyone will grieve differently. Mm -hmm. But the way I've gotten through it is like, listen, these guys wouldn't want me sitting around crying and moping. You know, they'd want me to be sad if I need to and embrace it. But they'd be like, Henny or Ange, just keep going. You know, like you got this, like it will be okay. And that's how I've, you know, really looked at it for myself. So I'll also ask questions like, you know, if something were to happen and someone were to pass away in your life right now, what would that look like? And, you know, you can see people like, oh my goodness, I wouldn't get out of bed. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. And I was like, okay, would you not get out of bed for like maybe like a week, a couple months? Oh no, I'd probably be in like, you know, I, I couldn't even see the future, mm -hmm. you know? And again, that's okay for some people, but from that business mindset, I would have to go, okay, well, if that's on that other kind of tangent, right? Um, it, does that mean every small hurdle that we come up against, you know what I mean? is going to be like, that's so drastic. Like I'm never going to succeed. I'm a failure in business. So I do a lot of screening around that. Um, I give people recommendations like go listen to Jim Forden's podcast. You know what I mean? Start literally on episode zero. Don't try and skip. Jim does a beautiful job about bringing you on that magical journey about mindset and you kind of got to listen to the foundational elements of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'll say, listen, why don't you, you know, do that first and come back to me, right? Or nice. if people are going through a divorce, their kids really, really unwell or they're going through testing and stuff. And they're just like, oh, I just, I don't know how I could do all this. Like I would go, listen, you, you might just not be in the right space for a coach right now. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Take care of your family first. Take care of your own emotional needs first. I'll be here when you need me. But sometimes business owners try to do everything and they feel if that they have, if they stop and give themselves permission just to take a break, that it's weakness. Mm. Where actually, I believe sometimes you have to stop and maybe even go backwards in order to be able to perpetuate to move you forwards. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You spoke about early signs and it was really enlightening to me, like really like, wow, you're right. These are really things that entrepreneurs go through. Let's take a step back. How do we, how do, what do you recommend to prevent it? You see this all the time. This is, this is your bread and butter, right? You connect with so many entrepreneurs and young beginners. What, what do you tell them to, to start off on a, on the good side and prevention? 
Yep. So for me is, is play, for example, right? We as adults typically forget to be, have playful activities in our life that stimulate joy, happiness, etc. So when they're in their day, just like you would have a tick list, I ask people to start going about what is, what play do you have in your life? Um, so often I think people could jump to things, not minimizing it, what exercise, you know, so yes, get exercise, go to sleep and do all that. And that is so important. All right. Especially around mental health. But sometimes I think people take it as a tick box. Yeah, yeah, I know I have to do it. But I look at what, how can you implement play? Because if you can implement play and you can implement laughter into your day, you know what I mean? It's a good indicator that you know how to handle things when things get rough. So I talk about play. Um, obviously, yes, I equally talk about, can you get a good night's sleep? Uh, can you get outside and connect with nature? I'm not saying you need to go for a 50 minute walk, but can you just sit outside on a chair and just listen to the birds, get some fresh air, get some sunlight in you? Because so often, you know, right now, obviously we're at 10 past, it's midnight here, but it's like obviously dark, it's nighttime, right? But when we're in our offices so often, we do you know I mean don't get out for the natural light. So I, I talk about that. I talk about going and actually out to lunch, give yourself a lunch break, back away from the computer, which makes you get in the car, go and interact with people. People, which leads to another suggestion that I talk about preventative is in this world, we can start to feel isolated. And we don't always have people to share our business with. Surround yourself with people that get you, that aren't toxic and that are going to bring you up. And sometimes in life, when you start a business, you actually have to get rid of some family members and some friends because they actually are jealous of what you do. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that, those toxic people is what I also talk about. Surround yourself by, you know, that saying, you know, you, you become um, the person that you surround yourself, the five people you surround yourself with. I genuinely believe that. So I talk about those are the things that I look at when I talk about prevention play, uh, getting outside and connecting with nature and being in the sunlight, um, surrounding yourself with the positive people so that you're not isolated because business owners live in a world of isolation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, those are those are kind of the top ones sleep and obviously exercise. I love the play. I love the play. And it could be anything. It could Mm -hmm. be getting together with friends and doing like a silly thing that you enjoy. It could be playing with your kids outside. It could be going on a walk. It could be something or joining something that you have an interest in and you don't have, you never had time. Make time for that passion that you've, that you want to just learn, not because you're going to make money out of it, because it fascinates you. Mm -hmm. Take out hobbies and hobbies are play. Make time mm-hmm. for what you love because that's what's going to hold you up when things get really, really hard. And it gets hard. The entrepreneurial world can be very lonely, very, very lonely at times. And it could be also very high at times. Like the connect that goes to I want, my next question is, is that why you created this event for women in Australia? Yes. So my event really um, has some core functions around what it does because I knew predominantly my ideal client is women in business, but women in business who also have small children, typically kids under the age of 10. So my actually, my uh, it's a four-day, three-night women in business retreat, and it's called Finding Balance in Business. And what I really focus on is four kind of key factors there, which is connectiveness, refocusing, learning and growing. Um, and that retreat is a lot of high touch points by myself, but I want women to be able to get a good solid sleep that their partner is not waking them up. Their kids aren't waking them up. So we start about nine thirty, ten on our days mm-hmm. so that women actually can, do you mean have a late, do you mean kind of sleep in that they can wake up and eat a good cooked breakfast for them and actually not, it not, it doesn't go cold, uh, that we go for walks on the beach. I also have creative sessions at my, uh, retreat so that again, I can spark that play and that creative creativity for them. So yes, there's the speakers there. And yes, we have the masterminds. And yes, we do all that. But I also am weaving ways that they can have self care, play and sparking creativity again in their lives so that when they leave the event, I'm starting to plant that seed for them. Um, that it's not just business that they need to be able to yeah, look at selves in order to be able to grow that business, but equally take care of their family. Wow, I love that. When is the next one? Maybe I'll come to Australia. So, yeah, so the next one, um, yeah, so we have this one is this year, but we're completely sold out event. So that is October 24th through the 27th this year. I only have 50 women. So I do that deliberately. And so that's why it's very not, small, I, connective, intimate. very small, intimate. Yep. So that's why it's a retreat versus a conference or a big event. 
Um, it's that level of intimacy that allows people to really start to see growth and connections form versus being just a sea of numbers, which is fine. There's a time and place. Like I love social media marketing world. You've got 5,000 people. The energy is high. It's awesome. Right. Um, but, and you do meet a lot of people, but do you build super strong, intimate relationships? I'd say you probably build a few. Whereas, um, and you, listen, you're not going to get along with everyone, even at a small number of 50, but the relationships I've seen form over the years has been quite phenomenal to see uh, post-event. How many years are you doing this? This one will be going into my second year doing this one like this, but I've also ran other events. Do you know what I mean? Like small, intimate mastermind events here in Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, and things like that. But the actual four day, three night, this will be our second year going in. So yes. Phenomenal. Do you have dreams to take it to the next level? Do you have like something that you want to grow it into? Listen, I've got a lot of people asking me about, you know, can we hit this internationally? Would you take a small group of us to Bali? Would you take a small group of us to Vanuatu? Uh, I'd probably explore looking at that. But for now, again, um, since having my own depression and anxiety, one of the things that I look at is I look at what's in front of me. And sometimes there's things that you could really like to do, but I have to really assess going, how much energy can mm. I put into this? And would that really help people? Or is it just me wanting to help myself? So mm. uh, at this stage, I'm happy with where we're at, but there, you never know what will happen in the future. What an important message is that right there about preventive, all right? We were sp speaking about preventing it and you being like, yeah, you probably could go international and you probably can grow so fast and, and do even a few events a year, but you decide to be okay with just this instead mm -hmm. of running yourself to the ground and maybe losing out on the joy of life and the process of it, which is really amazing, really amazing, which shows that you really did the work. You really did the work of internalizing, knowing who you are, being comfortable with who you are, understanding the gift that you can give without taking away too much from yourself, which is really incredible. Do you have anything else you want to share with our guests before we sign off? Because I know that you need to go to sleep and you have a very big gift. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, I just say, you know, find joy in your life, find the happiness, you know, uh, some days life isn't happy and that's okay. But just remember at the end of the day, your success and failure in business or your success and failure in life comes down to the choices you make and the responsibilities of the actions that you take or you don't take. Mm. Um, so yes. And yeah. And I like, again, connection and human connectedness is super important to me just as much as mental health is. So for those listeners that want to connect, you know, feel free to join my, you know, if you have a business, you know, and you'd like to connect with, uh, you know, other awesome people, feel free to join my Facebook community, which is the Australian Business Collaborative, or you can find me over at my website, AngelaHenderson.com.au. Or again, they can listen to my own podcast, which is called Business and Life Conversations with Angela Henderson uh, on iTunes, Spotify, etc. So yeah, always love to connect with new and amazing people. Oh, that's lovely. How often do you podcast? We do it weekly. So I think we're, we've been doing it weekly now for the last, I think we're on episode 62. So for the, over the last year, we've been producing one every single week. So yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. You have so much going on. I love it. Thank you so much for making time for us. And I personally, as a mental health advocate and as an entrepreneur and as a mother, got so much tips from this episode. Really, I'm, I'm so glad I could be here so tonight. Me personally, <laughs> even for me, I thank you so much for this because it's such an important topic. I know we speak a lot about mental health in general, but let's break it down into the workplace, into the family with the workplace and how that workplace affects us as humans, as parents, as friends, as, as partners. As, it affects so many different areas of our lives. And, if we, and, and there's a way to prevent it. You gave such a beautiful list of things that we should do. Nature, walks, breaks, laughter. Go to, go to an event, even if you have nothing to do with it. Go to meetups and just meet people unique people, new people. Yesterday I met, I went to the city to meet somebody that he has a project to meet 10,000 humans face-to-face, -face, one hour, each one. Conversation, no technology, one-on-one. -on -one. He asked to meet me in the city for one hour and he's actually going to be in the Kelly Clarkson show next week in LA and they invited um, a lot of the people that he met because he, he realized that the connectivity is what makes things happen. The, the, so get out there, go to a meetup. Like now so many amazing yeah, meetups. Go to an event. Some of them are free. Some of them are paid. Like, yeah. you know, again, I hear people go, Oh, I can't go because it costs money. I'm like, Nope, there's that again. That's an excuse that you can always choose to go and find ones that don't cost money if, if right. it's a budget, thing, right? right? And it, 
doesn't have to be a business meetup. It could be, I don't know, planting flowers at the local exactly. library. Exactly. Something that's nothing to do with, I would say even more so, go to something that's not work related. Get out of it. Break it a little bit. Go into something that is interesting, something that fascinates you and you don't have time for it, or something that doesn't fascinate you and see if it does, fa- will spark something just out of the norm. Go and connect with people. Go inspire yourself. There's, there's inspiration all over the place, right? All over the place. So find that, find that inspiration. Wow. Thank you so much, Angela. I hope you have tremendous success on this weekend and I can't wait to hear more about it. And maybe we'll check in and after, I want to hear after the event. So maybe we can plan a second episode after your event to, to maybe it doesn't have to be this long and because the time difference is hard for you, but maybe we could just do a a quick, maybe it could be a Thursday gratitude because every Thursday I have like a 10 to 15 minute gratitude. So maybe we could do that and, and talk about how it went, what lessons you got out of it, what inspired you. What did you take on? Because I'm sure you're learning every moment of the day because you seem like the person that's always curious, always growing. So what changed by you? What perspective? So that would be great. Bring the order. Yeah, no, fantastic. I'd love to come back on board. 100%. Yeah. So thank you so much. Um, We gave the the places that we can um, see Angela on her social media and and her website will be in the show notes and reach out to her. She's phenomenal. She's really phenomenal. Thank you so much for, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's always an honor and I hope you have a fabulous day. Yeah. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being in this very important conversation. I'm sure a lot of you related to a lot of this stuff. And um, even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you're a parent, Angela gave so many tips for humans in every stage of life. If you're in a, in a relationship, if you're a friend, if you or a worker, uh, a boss, whatever it is, you can take a tip out of this conversation. Um, we would love to hear from you what you thought. You can join our conversation on our Facebook community, Hope to Recharge the Community, or in our website, hopetorecharge.com. We love when you join our conversation. Thanks for joining us. Bye till next time. I would like to take this opportunity to thank betterhelp.com that is helping our listeners access therapy through an online platform that's easy to access through a phone, computer, tablet. You can choose your therapist and it is super affordable. No matter where you are in the world, if you want a licensed therapist, just go to betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. You will get a 10% off on your first month. Try it out. If you don't like your therapist, there's so many more that you can choose from and it goes by category. It's so awesome. If you want a relationship therapist or do you want an anxiety therapist, you want a depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, anything that you want, there's a category of therapists that specialize in exactly what you need and they really help you find the therapist you need. So go to betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P forward slash hope to recharge. Take advantage of this amazing offer and get the help you need. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.